Okay, so it's Thursday. It's theology time. Get yourself a cup of coffee. Right, now I am soloing today um, this beautiful Theology Thursday. In fact, I was, uh, well, my brother, just uh, if you if you uh, heard yesterday, then you'll know that the reason I'm soloing is because he ran out of power on his computer. <laughs> oh, man, you know, it's only because he's my brother that I'll, uh, you know, I'll forgive him of that one. But um, hey, a little bit of solo time. We ended up talking about... Um, some of frame stuff. That's where I'm at. That's where my headspace is at right now. So I mentioned I bought a book uh, yesterday, um, and it's called. Uh, let me see, the um, Triune something. What is it called again? Uh, uh, the Triune God of Unity and Diversity by um, by someone, Timothy Miller, forward by Vern Poitras. Um, an analysis of perspectivalism, the Trinitarian theological method of John Frame and Vern Poitras mentioned a little bit about my appreciation for one of Vern Poitras's articles um, that kind of really helped me out back in the day. And John Frame is just an enigmatic character for me, so I'm always interested in what he has to say, and um, especially as it relates to the to the Escondido stuff. Uh, it, it's it's like watching a soap opera. You know, that's what it's like for me. And he, he does say some very cool stuff along the way. So it's just like you learn from the soap opera. Anyway, I digress. Um, the bottom line is, um, I'm reading through this book and I'm kind of hitting this law gospel thing again. And um, I just, you know, a couple of thoughts. I'll just spit them out. Uh, maybe if anyone is tracking with this sort of thing or does come across it, it might be helpful. Uh, the first thing is that I'm constantly getting the sense, and this, this can't be right, I mean, it's impossible that that Frame doesn't know this, and I, I, he must know this. This must be a contrarian thing on his part. But but it's like he constantly just um, is trying to shape things against the two kingdoms slash Escondido slash Klein slash um, uh, Horton sort of uh, scenario. Um, to say, hey, these guys are rigidly or um, sharply distinguishing law from gospel. They're going Lutheran. Um, actually, it's a lot more complex than that. Actually, you know, there, there are elements of of um, command in the gospel itself. You know, the gospel, the gospel says, do this, believe. That's, uh, you know, repent and believe. That's all part of the gospel. Um, and then, of course, you know, making the... Um, making the age-old sort of, uh, what do you call it, um, assertion, I suppose, that that um, that even the law contains these elements of grace, let's just use the term, um, as, as he uses it. Um, and, and what he means by that is simply that um, there is a, a kindness of God in showing us the way, and it's uh, it leads to blessing in this life and the next, and you know it will keep us from sin, which is harm, and just all sorts of things which we pretty much know. The interesting thing is that you know when he talks, and I know I'm supposed to be totally set against what he what he's saying, just as a client, I find myself just not really being too. If you really get at what he's saying, I don't really find myself too disagreeable. To, to everything he's saying. He's saying everything essentially 
that I believe. Uh, he's not he's not collapsing law and grace. In fact, you know, to be honest, as I read for him, this sounds a little crazy, and I, I think uh, some of my Kleinian buddies might get angry with me for saying this, but but it almost sounds like he's kind of Lutheran himself when you get down to it and you read past his contrarian sort of wording. Um, in that he he sort of believes that faith is evidence, uh, at least sorry, uh, works is evidence of faith, and you know, not like a, a an actual means of uh, of declaring us holy before God. Rather, it's it's just the, the the typical Luther kind of hey, we're saved by faith alone, but not faith that is alone. He says that all the time, but then he just wants to like not go ahead with the Escondido thing for whatever reason. And, and, you know, he claims that it's just because of the complexity and everything I've just been saying. Um, the problem is that, you know, he um, it's almost like he he's acting as though the Escondido or even the Lutheran guys um, don't have any third use of the law. Don't, don't use the law in any normative way. I mean, that's just totally wrong. I mean, you've got... Uh, the Lutheran Confession, which has massive sections devoted to just that thing. Um, everyone knows, everyone agrees that there is this, um, um, you know, solid use of the law that is kind of God to us. I don't want to say grace because just it, it's a confusing uh, way to sort of term it, but it's it's a, there is certainly a kind giving of the law even to those who believe. And, and and certainly those who are responding to grace are going to be looking to that law, you know, how we love your law, you know, Psalm 119 stuff. No one's denying that. That's the weird thing about this. Um, and so I, I just don't want to fall into oversimplifying this thing, but I'm really seeing that. And um, and I think that frame um, is not giving that its proper, proper due. The other thing is that it's the real it's almost it just feels to me and i haven't done admittedly i haven't done enough on this uh, to make any authoritative calls here but i am going to look more into this because um you know you see it's almost like if you just uh, i keep on when i'm reading through the book i just keep on jotting down um on the kindle saying you know hey what's happening over here is he's just referring to law and gospel in a much broader sense um than the escondido authors are and, you know, that's obviously important. That Frame's using a, a non-technical sense, and the and Klein certainly is using a very technical sense. And so, you know, there's the danger of equivocation. There's a sleight of hand issue that could be happening. And, you know, if you just use the terms in their proper, if you're going to compare these two, Frame and the other guys, you've got to make sure that you're comparing them on um, on the basis of their their use of the terms. Uh, that's going to give you a proper comparison. And it feels like that's not happening. Every time anyone's uh, in frame included, when he's comparing himself to others and others are comparing themselves to, to him, they're, they're comparing apples with oranges sometimes. And then I came across this interesting thing uh, with Bavink, who uh, said something similar. Um, I'll read it to you. This is kind of it got me thinking and just running down um, uh, what I'd seen in Bavink before. But he says this. Um, this is in his Reformed Dogmatics. Um, where is it? Uh, page four fifty four. Uh, by faith, uh, sorry, but faith and repentance themselves, nevertheless, are components of the gospel, uh, not the workings of the fruits of the law. Now that's um, you know, if Frame said it, he'd be you know mauled alive, which he has been by the Escondido guys. But loving people are a little bit more charitable with him. But they're saying the same thing, I think. 
um, uh, he's he's basically saying that you know the law um, in general. Um, what is a good way to put this? It, you know, well, let's put it this way: the gospel, the gospel has these elements of command if viewed widely, if viewed in terms of God's greater message to mankind. Uh, it, it has an element of you must do this, and it, it obviously even the law, according to frame, is involved there somehow. In that, the, the law is the reason that we're in trouble, and the law is the thing that Christ fulfills. And so, viewed very, very widely as this message of salvation to mankind, you can see how how frame's triperspectival thing could actually work without um, without actually causing too much of a problem. It's just that when you zoom in and get in the, those technical details, and you, you know you can't say the same thing. You have to be much more specific. You have to relate it by way of the covenants, etc. Um, but um, he also says, Bavink, faith and repentance are components of the gospel. So that's what Frame's saying as well. Um, law and gospel viewed concretely, Bavink says, do not so much differ in that the law always speaks with commanding voice and the gospel with a promising voice. For also the law makes promises and the gospel utters admonitions and imposes obligations. But they differ especially in content. The law demands that humans work out their own righteousness and the gospel invites them to renounce all self-righteousness and to accept the righteousness of Christ. Now, I bring that up. That's on page uh, 454 again. Um in um, his Reformed Dogmatics. And and um, that right there makes for the point that I've just been saying, in that if you he talks about a concrete viewing of these things, um, where I think, I mean, that isn't the word I would use. I, I, I think what he means there is viewed largely and just in terms of its abstract form as this big message to humanity. Uh, there, there's, you know, less of a difference in that the law always speaks with uh, it's not that the law only ever speaks with the commanding voice and, and 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 never promises and you know all those things. The law promised life under a covenant of works. Uh, we know this. The, uh, the gospel promises life under a covenant of grace. So you'd have to be very wide lens there. But in general, like I say, under this rubric of God's general message, <laughs> more general than I'd like to get. But I'm just trying to trying to sort of see where they're coming from here. Um, but then he goes on and says, listen, in a in a um, in terms of content, not viewed concretely, but in t- viewed in terms of their their actual content uh, pertaining to the way that we are saved, they say very different things. And Frame is saying that too. So it's almost like if if you just limit it to that um, that content in Bavink's language, or um, that technical understanding in terms of what I'm saying here, um, you really it's you struggle to find a, a, a distinction. Uh, or at least a difference between the Escondido guys and Frame. They're all coming from the same Reformed theology in that regard. It's just probably that when um, maybe maybe the difference would, would lie in either if there is a monocovenantal behind-the-scenes thing going on, um, which sometimes there often is, but I don't necessarily think that is the case in Frame from what, what I've read so far. And, um, and then also, you know, often... Uh, you you just have the unwillingness of the Escondido guys to acknowledge even this broader, uh, in Bavink's language, con- concrete view of the whole thing. Um, and so it's admittedly confusing, but you know those are some thoughts um, to just throw around. Um, 
it's just, I suppose, worth working through, if nothing, for no other reason, than just to come to a very, very lucid understanding of what you do believe about these things. It is one of the more important elements of all theology, law and grace. Um, and that, of course, flows very, very closely to the covenants that are worked in there. But, um, you know, Reformed authors have had sometimes vastly and sometimes it's really scary to see the vastness of the difference between their views on this thing. But it also is true that it, when you start moving closer and really in that, analyzing everything they're saying and just trying to get right in there, uh, it feels sometimes that the distinction lessens and sometimes the language is just so unhelpful and different and you have to just do the work and follow them up. Um, all right, so that was a bit of a ramble, but hey, what can I say? It's it's me, it's late, it's Thursday, but that was some theology for you. I, I might even regret it. <laughs> to be, I might listen back to this and go, what the heck was I saying? Uh, none of that's true. So I'll leave it to you to uh, consider. Uh, this is not, by any stretch of imagination, an authoritative message to you. Uh, this is my uh, midnight rambling. So um, I'm going to stop right there. Let me say good night to you or good morning, wherever you are. Bless you, and I will catch you tomorrow.